On episode 543 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet superager Jim Owen and discuss his book, Just Move, a new approach to fitness after 50. You can get into the best shape of your life after 40, 50, 60, or 70, and Jim shows us how. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 543. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASN certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. Hey, Ras, how are things? Good, Alan, how are you today? Well, we are now out of the closet, uh, out of the bedroom into the house uh my wife tammy got covid Mm. so we've had her quarantined for (laughs) this week and i've been living upstairs uh, in one Mm -hmm. of our rooms uh which is not bad it's it's a really nice place so uh but um you know just having to take care of her having to take care of everything else and um Mm -hmm. it's it's been a lot but um it's, it's a good week yeah she's feeling better she is now symptom free. Yeah. So she's Yay. gotten over it. Um, Good. You know, she had tested positive on Monday mm-hmm. and she tested herself and then she tested positive again. She went to the hospital and tested and they mm-hmm. got a positive. So, you know, these, these at home tests we hear that you can get false positives sometimes. Sure. She got a positive, I got a negative, and then we quarantined her. She went to the hospital the next morning and it was positive. So mm-hmm. um, she finished up her. Um, fifth day yesterday or day before yesterday um, Mm -hmm. and then just out of precaution stayed another day and a half two days so Mm -hmm. she's she's just now coming out of the the apartment today cool (laughs) that's good news very exciting how are things up there oh great uh mike and i went camping this weekend and uh had a great weekend out. It was our first weekend of camping and it was a beautiful time nice peaceful relaxing it was a good time Nice to be out. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you ready to have this conversation with Super Ager Jim? Sure. Our guest today is a 40-year veteran of Wall Street and is also the founder and CIO of the Center for Cowboy Ethics and Leadership. He is the best-selling author of The Try, The Secret to Success in Life and Career, Cowboy Values, Recapturing What America Once Stood For, and The Prudent Investor. On his 70th birthday, he looked in the mirror and didn't like what he saw. He committed to change, and now at 82, he's in the best shape of his life. He shares many of his superager strategies and tactics during this interview. With no further ado, here's Jim Owen. Hey, Jim. Welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you, Alan. I'm delighted to be here. You know, you're, you're in your 70s, mid-70s now, I guess, right? 76, maybe? What? Alan, <laughs> I, I will be 82. Okay, so I'm, I'm just saying, I'm gonna, we're going to play some of the video. Uh, we're going to save some little clips here and there. And so I want people to look at this because you don't, you don't look 
like a normal 82 year old, uh, by normal, I mean, uh, an American 82 year old man, you, you look very, very different than most of us think we're going to look or would look when we're 82. Uh, and a lot of it is the stuff that you've shared in this book. and And that's kind of the real story, you know, is what, cause I'm, I'm nobody special. Believe me. If I can do this, because when I took, when I was 70, very different story, you know, but that's what we'll talk about, my story. Okay. Well, the book is called Just Move, A New Approach to Fitness After 50. And I started when I was in my mid-40s, uh, yeah. realized that my job was killing me, my life was killing me, uh, I was unfit, unhealthy, and just going downhill and pe- fairly miserable. So I started making some changes, and those changes reflected who I changed into. And, and in many ways, it's the same for you. Uh, you came up on it, said, Hey, I got to do something. And you started making some changes. Can you talk a little bit about your story? Well, Alan, when I turned 70, I was in terrible shape. My back was killing me. I'm talking, I'm not talking about a little back pain. I'm talking about excruciating back pain. Both knees were shot. And my right rotator cuff was frozen. Okay. If that weren't enough, I was probably 20, 25 pounds overweight. But when I think about it, and I'm sure that many of your listeners have the same thing, the worst of, of of it all was low energy. I just didn't have the energy I had when I was younger. And I said, boy. I, I said to my wife, I looked in the mirror, I'll never forget as long as I live, on my 70th birthday, and Alan and I said, my God, I'm an old man. And I said to my wife, honey, <laughs> I'm an old man. She said, sweetie, don't worry. You've still got game. She paused, and then she said, unfortunately, that game is bingo. <laughs> That's a true story. So that got me thinking, okay, I got to do something. Today, uh, I'm 80, I'll be 82 in October. And now I'm in the best shape of my life. I couldn't do one push-up on day one. On my 70th birthday, I could not do one push-up. I can bang out 50. I don't do it every day because it's not good for your shoulder. But I can, you know, bang out 50. And... Um, I weigh less than I did today, today than I did in high school. And uh, I look back and say, yeah, it's transformation. But, Alan, I think the takeaway for your audience is I'm just an average guy. So if I can do this, you know, go from being weak and, and overweight and so on, anybody can do it. It's not, I'm nobody special. I'm not a Superman or any of that stuff. So I think the the basic message to your audience is if you want to get more fit like you did, you want to get healthier, you can. It's never too late. doesn't matter. It's obviously if I'd done this earlier in my life, like you did, I wouldn't have had to have worked as hard. Let's be honest about it. Okay. But if you're 75 years old, you can still get, you you know, more fit. And so I'm now 82. And uh, all I can say is I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life. And um, I'm, I feel lucky and 
but it wasn't a gift. Uh, I had to show up and do the work. And I think that's the, that's the basic message to your audience. You have to show up and do the work. And you have to have kind of a long-term view. Alan, if there are, and maybe you can help me out, if there's a secret, if there's a pill I could have taken, uh, if there's a shortcut, I never found it, frankly. I just showed up, did the work, but anybody can do this. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to have a personal trainer. Uh, not really. So that's my story. Yeah. Well, if there, if there is a magic to it, and I think this is where most people struggle is, and, and you, you would have struggled with this a lot as well, you hurt, you're in pain, but you're in a bad place. And you know that there's, you know, there's two directions. You're, you're kind of at a fork in the road. And you, as you said, it's your stark reality. Absolutely. Fork in the road is, is, way, is, the, is a great way to look at this. Mm -hmm. And now there was... For you, it seems, uh, you know, because I was looking at it kind of the same way of saying, I'm either going to keep, I'm either going to keep dying or I'm going to start living. And, and that's the way I kind of looked at it. But being inactive was really, I think, one of the big problems both of us kind of faced at that point in our lives. We weren't active. What are some of the risks that we were facing when we're not moving our bodies and not doing the things we're supposed to? Well, this is why this book I wrote, I wrote this book, I guess, what, five years ago? published by National Geographic. They've never done a book like this, but they were sort of fascinated by this whole concept. And um, I, I, I think, let me just say this, Alan. I came across one statistic that I want to share with you and your audience. And this is really what got me motivated. If, that's a big if, if you make it to 70, statistically, out of a very large sample of people, I'm not talking about 10 people from Denmark, I'm talking about 100,000 people. Statistically, you will live another 15 years on average. And I said to myself, if I feel this bad now, can you imagine in 15 years, I'll be in a wheelchair, I'll have a cane, I'll be you know, slumped over, whatever. That was my motivation, to be honest about it. What happens if I do make it? So the reason that you and I are on this health kick, I think, is not, is not, has nothing to do with I need to lose 10 pounds uh, or I need, need this or that. It's just the, I, it's not about living longer. Maybe it is to you, it's not to me, okay? But I want to live as, as happy and as full a life as I can. The killer, and that's why this book is called Just, J-U-S-T, I have a Southern accent, Just Move, is that one of the problems is that all of us today, or most of us, sit too much. The average adult, this is not my opinion, this is, I think, Harvard or somebody, or maybe it, it's, I think it's Harvard Medical School, says the average American adult sits between eight and 11 hours a day. Now that's between the computer, hunched over a computer, watching TV, kind of re relaxing, whatever you want to call it. That's part of the problem. That's why this book is, that's why my basic thing is just move. You've got, to, it doesn't matter what you do, as important as you've got to do something as opposed to sitting. 
the reason that sitting is bad is, is I know it's a cliche, Alan, but sitting is kind of the new smoking. Um, if you sit, you will have aches and pains. There's no, there's no doubt. Every doctor will tell, you, will tell you that. And the doctors themselves probably sit too much. Okay, we all do. That's just part of our, of our culture. Well, I've worked hard my whole life. I deserve some relaxation. That's all true. But you will have aches and pains. You will have tight hips. Absolutely true. The tight hips are, uh, are often what leads to this back pain. I didn't know that. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a kinesiologist. I don't have an advanced degree in gerontology. I'm just an ordinary guy that said, if I feel this bad now, how am I going to feel in 10 years or 15 years? And that was the motivation for me. Yeah, I, I was looking at my life with my daughter going on and doing things uh, like CrossFit and obstacle course races. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, she wants me to come and, and be there with her. Uh, but she was thinking of it in terms of me being a spectator, you know, sit, sit <laughs> and watch exactly. her sit and watch her do her, her event. And, uh, you know, when she started talking about those things, I was like, well, I, I don't want to spectate i want to participate and i can't Ooh, I like, i'm not like, there that's that sums it up better than i did and then you know as i really got into thinking about this long term what this means as far as my 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 path my aging curve uh i noticed my grandfather he was in his 90s and he could not take care of himself and so then it became this mantra of i want to be able to wipe my own butt when i'm 105 and you know so it's kind of funny kind of silly but it's kind of those those concepts of I want to be able to do the things I enjoy doing with my family. You know, we didn't have mud runs when I was younger. Uh, so now we have mud runs. And when I have grandkids, I don't know what they're going to be doing. But I also don't likely want to be a spectator for much of it if I can participate in any way. Uh, and the only way I'm going to do that is to keep myself healthy and strong. Uh, the only way I'm going to live to see 105 and still be healthy and strong is if I'm doing the right things day in and day out. And the next thing is, avoiding mistakes, because I can tell you over the course of the eight years, I was trying to figure all this stuff out because you know, we don't come with an operating manual, although now your book uh, gives us Absolutely. a lot of that. <laughs> right. your, your book does give us a lot. Uh, what are some common mistakes that we make as older individuals trying to start an exercise program? I would say the first thing is, is that most people, and, 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 I, and I live in a senior community, as we call it, okay? And I see people of all, you know, I'm probably a young person, to be honest about it. My wife and I, we've been married 52 years. Congratulations. And I think the biggest mistake is that people don't have a goal. And my goal, which I, which I don't ask me where it came from, uh, just out of my head. But when I started this program, I had one goal, and it was I want to be 80 years young. And, and at the time, I was 70 years old. So I, I wrote this down. I'm 80 years old. I want to be 80 years young. What do I have to do? And Alan, I didn't, I didn't have any, I'm not, again, I'm not an exercise nut or, a, or some you know, freak or gym rat. I just, I didn't know what to do, to be honest about it. 
And I talked, I observing people was 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 part of this element. And I what I noticed was that there were people who were 60 who looked and moved like they were 80. There are people who were 80 who looked and moved like they were 60. And I said, hmm, what do these folks know <laughs> who are 80? I said, I want to be one of those. And I call these super agers. That's my term for it. I don't know if that's the, it's not a medical term. So I call them super agers. Now, let me be clear. I didn't say super men and I didn't, and I didn't say super women or, or wonder woman. These are ordinary people who made a decision, Alan, just like you did. What do I have to do, okay, to lead a happier, more full life? Not to, not to be 100 years old or whatever. I'm not saying you can exercise every day. But one big lesson out of all this is that DNA is, is, is not your destiny. And what I did, I talked to people uh, who were what I call superagers, people who were 80 years old, 85 years old. What the heck do they do? And there were some very common traits of these people. And also that, and that's that's how I developed a plan. The other mistake people make is they say, okay, I want to get fit. Okay. Do you have a plan for getting fit? No, I just, you know, I, I go on, I do the treadmill or I go walking. Well, I'm going to tell you, Alan, walking alone is not enough. Now, there are people in your audience who are going to, who are going to go, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I'm not, I love to walk. Okay, so let's, let's make it real clear. Walking alone is not enough. Okay, there are other, so whether you have a gym membership or work out at home or whatever it may be, there are other activities you have to do if you want to get more fit. And I talked to the experts what that's, for what that's worth. There are lots of conflicts of interest. There's a lot of showmen in the fitness industry. I'm a little bit cynical, as I suspect you are, about the industry itself. Everybody's promoting something. But it doesn't matter. But I talk to the experts, plus people who are actually what I call super agers. And that's where I developed a program. And I, I want to show you my T-shirt. I call this geezer fitness is what I call this. So the best advice that I, I, I got I ever, I want to share with you and your audience, and I can get a kick out of this. The best advice I ever had, somebody who was probably 85 years old, I'm, I'm, I was never quite sure how old he was, but he looked like a million dollars. And he said, Jim, if you want to get motivated and stay motivated, I'm going to give you a secret. I said, gosh, we love secrets. What's the secret? He said, buy a couple of compression shirts. I said, what is a compression shirt? And he showed me. He said, this is what the athletes wear. So on day one, I show up and I had a double, uh, you know, the highest 
uh, thing you could have, okay, whatever it was. I could, and people looked at me on day one and said, this guy has no pride at all. And the fat, you try wearing a compression shirt. If you're five pounds overweight, the fat hangs out. And people would look away and say, this guy has no pride at all. And that's what, to be honest about it, that's what kept me motivated for 10. I'm, I've worn one every day since. And I love putting stuff on here. I've got one called Spartacus. So if I'm really at my best shape, I say Spartacus. If I'm not in such good shape, and now I'm wearing a medium. So that's 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 kind of what kept me motivated. People just couldn't believe it. This does this guy know how awful he looks? So try a compression shirt. And if you're if you're 10 pounds overweight, you it's really embarrassing. So anyway, that's that's what I did. And it kind of worked. It just kept me motivated day after day. And all of a sudden I started wearing a large. And now we're a medium T-shirt. And for a guy, one problem that men have is that they develop that, you know, punch, what do you want to call it, okay? And very difficult to get this off. So one mistake that people make, Alan, which I didn't know about, I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know what core meant. I thought core referred to a six-pack. No, core is a band that goes around your upper extremity. It starts about here and goes down to your thighs. And if your core is weak, and mine was incredibly weak, you will have back pain, I guarantee you. So one mistake that I would guess that 80% of people make in your audience, they don't do enough core. And my core, what I, I again, I didn't know this. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't have a PhD. But what I found out the hard way was one reason for my lower back pain was a weak core. So for the first probably two or three years, I would guess at least a third of my workouts exercising was on the core. Here's the good news, Alan. I'm a, I'll be 82. I have zero back pain, none, nada. So I look back and say, whatever I did seemed to have worked. But a big part of this was the core. So it's not about being an Adonis. It's not about, Alan, how many uh, pull-ups can you do? I can do. It has nothing to do with the ego. It has to do with, quote, functional fitness. So I'm going back to what I said earlier about about mixing it up, you have to, there are basically five dimensions of functional fitness. Now, when you're young, you know, you're motivated. I want to look good in a bathing suit. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Or I'm getting married in four months. I need to lose 15 pounds. So it's very vanity driven. When you're older, now older being, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, Presumably, you're less vanity-driven and more driven, as you said you were, by the desire to be functional, to be able to go through a day without aches and pains, without being slumped over like this, being able to stand up straight, not having a walker, not having a complaining all day about, oh, God, my back hurts, this and that, and so on. 
And so that's what it's done for me. When I say I'm in the best year of my life, well, I have no aches and pains. What is that worth? It's worth a lot more than any, any amount of money, I can tell you that. Had a good career in the investment world. All I can say is the hour a day that I spend on exercising, working out, is the best investment I ever made. How do you put a price on this? I, I don't know how to do it. I can say all the money in the world, if you're 80 years old and you're, let's say you're a rich person, whatever that means, and you end up in the doctor's office three or four times a week, what, what have you achieved? So, Alan, I call all this stuff winning at life. That's how I frame, you know, what I do. My goal, I want to I want to win at life. How do you look back on your last days and, and aches and pains and the doctor? You know, your doctor better than you than, than you do your kids and your loved one. I, I don't think that's winning at life. Personally, I don't think being dependent upon your kids to take care of you when you're older. I don't think that's winning at life. Now, so let's let's take a quick step back because I, I do before we get too far away from the functional fitness. I think this is important for someone, uh, particularly someone that's just starting out to understand. So you know, the gym culture. I've, I've been in the gym a lot uh, over the course of my life. There's this thing, and, and you'll notice all the cardiovascular machines are really close to the door. And that's where 90% of the people that come in, they stop right there at the treadmill because it's easy. They understand it. You turn it on, you walk, you turn it off, you go home. And kind of the funny thing is you might live a mile away from the gym, but you're going to walk three miles on the treadmill uh, and not walk to the gym. But, <laughs> but exactly. a, a lot of people stop there and uh, they, they look to the rest of the gym either by not knowing what to do or even having, like you said, a plan. And for the plan to be successful, as, as you mentioned, it has to it has to address functional fitness. And you've mm -hmm. you mentioned core, uh, and we we're going to say, yeah, the walking, the cardiovascular uh, endurance is important. Those are two facets of functional fitness. But what are the other three uh, that we should be looking toward to be a super ager? Well, a clear one is strength. And when you say, no, wait a minute, I'm not a muscle head. Uh, I'm not trying to be Mr. or Miss Adonis. I'm not talking about that. Here are the statistics. And when I did this book, Just Move, in National Geographic, it took me about two years to, to do the book. And when I got through and turned in the manuscript and they said, this is great. Oh, by the way, we need to have an expert uh, read every page and evaluate it. I said, what? Oh, yeah. Well, we had, I said, I don't know anybody that can do that or would do it. And they found somebody out of Duke University, okay, who was, I guess, a gerontologist, and she read every paragraph. And so, so we agreed upon that. And then they said, Jim, oh, by the way, one more step. You have to source everything you said. So what does that mean? Well, we don't want your opinion. You have to say, where did your opinion come from? I said, why don't you tell me about that? <laughs> because you would never have signed a contract. So I had to source it. And I say because there's so much BS in the fitness world. So when I, when I throw out these statistics, you know, it's not my opinion. It could be Mayo Clinic. It could be you know, whomever. But it's not, it's not, the book was not my opinion says this or that. 
Okay. But what I learned was from the experts, okay, is that how, how important strength training is. And that does not mean lifting heavy. That's what people get in trouble. You can do a lot of stuff with very light dumbbells. So my advice to your audience is maybe you're using 15 or 10 pound dumbbells. That's okay. I can show you some exercises that you're going to say, I suspect you're in good shape, that you're going to say, gosh, this is hard. I say, Alan, 15 pounds can be hard depending upon what you do. Okay. But the reason, here's the reason why, Alan, in a nutshell, is because you lose, you, 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 you lose your strength as you get older. That unless you do something to offset that, here are the statistics, you're going to lose about four, 40% of your muscle mass by the time you're 70 or 75. And this often leads to the problems. So you have weak, weak bones and so on. And so again, I'm not a medical expert, but that's what the experts, there's not an expert alive that wouldn't agree with that. That strength training, and it's not being a muscle head, and it's not lifting heavy at all. It has nothing to do with that. You don't need a gym membership, you can do it at home. I can show you exercises to do, just push-ups, that kind of stuff that anybody can do them. You don't need a trainer. Although a trainer is, is very helpful and, and uh, you know, sort of laying this out. But the first one is strength training that you have to do as an adult. Okay. And the second, the other one is balance. So here are the statistics. One in three, it could be one in four adults, 65 and over, fall every year. Now think about that. Again, I'm living in a senior community. Alan, if I told you how many friends we have or acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, fall, you would not believe it. And typically it's at night. And for some reason, it's in the bathroom. I, I don't know why. But we'll see somebody and say, where's Joe? Or where's Nancy? Oh, man, she fell last night, banged her head. Then you're talking about something that's pretty awful. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the statistics you had in the book uh, that I'd like to share is that um, a quarter of a million people mm-hmm. fall mm-hmm. and go to the hospital with a hip fracture every single year. That's insane. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> so, stunning. Yeah. And these are people who, you know, are not in such bad shape. Something happens now. Let me explain to you. I fell myself and broke my wrist three months ago. Say, what? Yeah. I got through working out, okay? Had a cup of coffee in my right hand, tripped. We have oriental rugs. For better or for worse, we have oriental rugs. Tripped on the rug and said, if I spill this coffee... My wife's going to really kill me. I, that, that, that thought would be, that was the thought in my head is if I spill so this on the carpet. what do you think I wife. did? That's stupid. Okay? You, flung, you flung the cup across the room. No, I didn't spill the coffee. Oh, okay. I broke my fall with one hand. If I fell with two hands, guess what? I, I'd catch myself. Broke my wrist. 
it was in the cast for, so it's been four months now and it's still not quite okay, but I, I'm, I'm a lot better. And so this goes to show you. And my wife said, what happened? I said, well, I didn't spill the coffee, but I broke my wrist. It was a clean break. Thank goodness. But even so that's, it can happen to anybody. In my case, I tripped on a rug after working out. It can happen to anybody. So you mean that you could you could fall this afternoon because you you're walking along with a friend or your daughter and you're talking and you're not looking down and there's a for whatever reason the concrete you know uh, there's a bump in the road whatever it may be and the trail for example you'd be surprised how many people uh, are trail walkers and they trip and the and the and the you know and and the and the, and the, and the because of who knows? A branch comes in, they're, they're talking, not looking down. And so you have to do something about some kind of balanced training. Now, we're not talking about this takes, you know, two hours. One thing is very important. There's a big difference between training and exercising. I didn't learn this in year one or year two, but training is what I do, is what I've been doing. Training means you're working toward a goal. Exercising, Alan, is what most people do. They go to the gym. They 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 slog. They do a slow slog on the treadmill while they're watching the news. That's most people who are older. Okay, yeah. and I don't think that's I don't think that works. So when, you, when you're working toward a goal, you tend to be more efficient. So when I say an hour a day, the, 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 in order to do that, you've got to be efficient. I think the magic number for me at least is 30 minutes of walking. I, I do walk and think everybody needs to walk, some kind of cardio endurance. I think the magic number personally is 30 minutes. I, I think there's diminishing returns. If that's the only message I, I leave you with today, there's diminishing returns in all of this stuff, whether it's walking or push-ups or sit-ups, whatever it may be. There's a, and you have to sort of understand, and you, you learn this the hard way, because the goal is to be efficient. How can I, what can I do? How, how can I use this hour efficiently? And what you learn, what I learned is that people who are in shape learn how to be efficient, how to squeeze stuff that's essential into one hour. It could be 45 minutes. And nobody says that you can't work, that you can exercise for 20 minutes, you know, three times a day. No big deal. Now the, the fifth... 45 minutes a day, but it's, 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 I find out that, I, that what works for me is an hour a day, and I do balance. I do my cardio on the days I do. I do strength training. What I should have told you was, here's my program, okay? I do strength training three times a week, okay? I do cardio three times a week. So I walk pretty actively, but I don't run. I don't jog because of my knees. But I walk. Stretching is critical. If you don't stretch, it's a big mistake when you're older. You will have aches and pains. There's no way around that. Now, you can say, Jim, I do yoga. Great. Pilates, terrific. 
Okay, but these are the, these are the main things that someone has to do, and every older person is well. I don't know what to do. I don't have a plan. Well, there's some trial and error, and you sort of have to learn what works for you. Now, the best motivation, Alan, is getting results. Here's yes. the, here's some good news for you. If you're in bad shape, like I was, the results come very quickly. That's what people don't realize. If, if all you do is walk, when I started out, I, I, I literally, Alan, on day one, could not walk more than probably four blocks, and I was huffing and puffing. That's how bad a shape I was in. But I said, you know, I'm going to do a 30-day deal. Now, why 30 days? I have no idea. I just said 30 days. It could have been 45 days or 20 days. I was amazed by simply every day trying to do a little bit more. Now, I wasn't running or jogging or any of that stuff, just walking. At the end of 30 days, I felt so much better. You have no idea. My wife said, my wife's friend said, what is Jim doing? Well, what do you mean? He looks so much more energetic. That's what, when you're older, that's what happens when you walk. Okay. And so what I found for me with the sweet spot was about 30 minutes. And uh, I do it three times a week. Beyond 30 minutes, that's kind of missing returns. I'd rather use those other 30 minutes to do strength training and other activities. That's all, that's all it is. Right. Well, in your book, Just Move, there's, there's a ton of these types of tips. You, you talk about your, how much time you dedicate from each workout, uh, the different things you do. You have um, images of some of these exercises. Uh, so there's a lot in this book. But if you wanted to just say, what, what, are, what are a couple of your favorite takeaways from the book that if someone were thinking about buying your book that you want them to know, want them to look for, what would that be? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I think what I would say is you have to find your why, W-H-Y. What is your why? Why are you even thinking about taking up some kind of a program? Okay. Now, your why might be, I don't want to be a burden to my kids. I don't want to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't go with you uh, on this trip. I've got to take care of my, of my dad. Man, I don't want that. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. Everybody has their own try. But that's sort of the motivation. My motivation, again, was I want to be 80 years young. That may not be your goal. It was my goal. Okay? So you have to find, you have to find that. And the other, the other important takeaway is you have to have a plan. Without a plan, a goal is just a dream, in my, in my opinion. So a goal and a plan. And then you have to actually show up and do the work. So you can talk about this stuff all day long. I don't, I think the other mistake, the other takeaway is the goal is not perfection. So I know you like to exercise and, and it's really improved your life and that kind of stuff. But perfection is not the goal. There are exercises that, that I do that I don't, I don't do very well. I try, but we all have our issues. So the other thing I want, I want to make sure that everybody understands is you can work out every day, okay? And while it's true that, that your DNA is not your destiny, 
That's an important concept to me. That means you can, okay, do activities that will help lower the risk of a serious disease, heart attack, stroke, okay, certain cancers. All that's true. But I have to I have to tell your audience this. When you get 80 years old, you will have issues. And no amount of exercise, no amount of eating right, no amount of managing stress, none of that, none of that, you know, good sleep habits, you will still have stress. I don't know anybody who's 80. It's like having a car. Okay, you you have a great car, but there's a certain mileage. I don't know, it's 150,000 miles. Your car is going to break down. Well, guess what? Your body breaks down. But it's okay because you're in shape. And I've had some issues. I don't want to go into them myself other than a broken wrist. But the big payoff from all this stuff, Alan, the big payoff is what you have to think about. What's Jim, what's the payoff from all of your exercises, all of your hard work? You know what it is? It's the confidence that whatever life throws at me, I can deal with it. And what I'm suggesting is the real benefit of all this stuff is, is mental as much as physical. So given, given where I came from, given where I am now, doesn't mean I'm not going to have issues. That's just that's just that's 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 just BS. I I do have issues. I will have issues, but I have the it's the confidence I can deal with whatever life throws at me. I don't care what it is. If I get hit by a truck, if I get cancer, if I get all the bad things that happen, because of the confidence that comes from hard work and getting results, you can deal with it. The other thing, the other thing out of the book that I want everybody to, to really kind of think about, these are all just insights. This is not, there are no rules that I know of, but they're insights. The other big insight that, that I, I think is important is that, is that attitude is so critical. Okay, so all we're talking about here is looking forward and not back. I cannot, Alan, I cannot tell you how many people I know who live in the past. And every single one of them is in bad shape. I'm looking forward. Now, I'm going to say this to your audience, and I believe it. I honestly believe my best days still lie ahead. It's that positivity that's a critical element. If somebody says, I don't need exercise, I don't need to eat healthy or eat clean, I don't need any of that stuff. Okay, that's fine. That's your choice. Okay. The problem is you're going to end up at some point, you might lose your loved one. Then you're going to be by yourself. Okay. Maybe you have a caretaker. But your world is going to shrink. It's the opposite element of what you said. Your world, your world's going to shrink. You spend your day in a small apartment when you're 80 or 85 years old. Loneliness and all of this is what tends to lead to depression, but even worse, 
Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, I may end up with dementia or Alzheimer's, but I'm doing everything I can, okay, staying active. And there's also, I want to share with you one last thought, is that we talk about physical fitness. And that's very important because fitness is the foundation of healthy aging. That's the other message. But there's more to healthy aging than that. There's also mental fitness and there's emotional fitness. And they're equally important. So in my case, the reason I'm doing this interview is not to sell books. If my story can inspire somebody to get off the couch and just move as opposed to just sitting, I've, I'm, that, that is my, that's my legacy. To be honest about it, I wrote a best-selling book called Cowboy Ethics. 160,000 copies, best-selling book. This book, eh, maybe 25,000 max. You don't sell excise books like this. Don't sell this to this unless it's written by George Clooney or, or Brad Pitt. That's the truth. So the money I make off this book is, is not worth even talking about, to be honest about it. It doesn't matter. This, is for me, is a legacy. If my story of going from incredibly bad shape and back pain and terrible feeling and so on to where I am right now, in the best shape of my life, I weigh less than I did in high school. And I'm just an average guy. I'm not anything special. Okay. If that can inspire somebody, that's more important to me. That's my legacy. I want to look back on my life and say, and this is the whole idea of purpose. Now, you're too young, prop, I, I suspect, to even think about this. I'm, I'm 56 years old, so I, I do. That's <laughs> young. You're a kid. You're I a am kid. a kid. I am a kid. You're I agree. A, a kid. <laughs> but what keeps you going, what keeps you alive, is that having the passion or the purpose. I look back on it and say, I will look back on my life, on the last day of my life, and say, did I leave things better than I found it? I, if, I, if it's true that I did, it's because of my, my writing and my speaking. I made my money, so to speak, in my career. Not that I'm a you know, rich, rich guy, but I have enough money. Okay, so I'm, I'm lucky on that score. But the legacy is what's important to me. It's not the books I think sells on Amazon for $15 or whatever. Okay. And uh, if you think somebody is going to make a living off of writing a book, well, it's, I guess Michelle Obama can do it, but most of us can't do it. I sure couldn't do it. But it's the legacy factor that is so critical to me. And that's why I do all this stuff. I, I, I would be, you have no idea. I get emails from so many people who, and I'm not a big computer guy, as I told you, to be honest about it, I'm, I'm just, that's just not me. I don't like emailing or any of that stuff. But if my story can make a difference, and that's why I do all this stuff, that gives me more satisfaction. I also did a, did a, a, I, I, I did a film. I produced a film called The Art of aging well. And it took two years. Now, when I say produce, what does that mean? Well, producer of a film 
hires the people. I'm not behind the camera. Hires the people, oversees the quality, and basically does the marketing. Okay. And so Jim Havey, who's out of Denver, I've known Jim for 30 years. Jim's won three or four Emmys. I've not won an Emmy. But we did a film together. Again, he's the film guy, the art of aging well. And just when we got it finished, this pandemic hit. And I said, oh, my God. I can't go on the road and, and speak about this. I, I'm, a, I'm basically a communicator. That's, that's what, kind of what I do. I get in front of an audience. It could be 20 people. It could be a thousand. I don't get rattled with, with an audience. And I said, what am I going to do? I've got two years invested. I can't get on a plane and go anyplace anymore. So I said, maybe, just maybe a PBS would carry this thing. Well, we got on PBS, and I'm very proud to say, 124 PBS stations carried this. And your audience, there's no charge for it. The audience, I, I raised the money from, you know, I had sponsors. That's all it was. But uh, your audience can, can look at, it's called the theartofagingwell.com. And it's free. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm very big on what you're doing. For example, I really think it's the emotional connection that you make with you. It's not the information. If, if information was the answer, everybody would be working out, eating clean, managing stress, getting a good night's sleep, that kind of stuff. Information doesn't do it. I can give you a 700-page thesis. You're not going to read it, much less you know, take action. But what you're doing with your communication skills, I, I hope what I'm doing with my writing and create creative you know process inspires people to, to, to make these changes. And all I can say is small steps add up over time. So don't think about that's why I had a 10-year goal. My 10-year goal was to go from being 70 years old, 80 years young. If there's, I never found it. If it was a pill, believe me, I'd be taking it right now. I don't know where the pill, there may be a pill that I just don't it's know. A, there's a pill, it's called exercise and you're doing it six days a week. So. <laughs> and so that's, that to me, I would rather spend, so I look back on that and say, Jim, what have you learned from all this stuff? Well. Me, I'd rather spend an hour a day doing what I'm doing right now, okay, as opposed to an hour a day in the doctor's office. And that's what it's going to be like. I don't want to be in a, in, a, in a wheelchair. I don't want to have a walker. I don't want to be bent over like this. I want to be as, as healthy and as, as alive and have the energy uh, as long as I can. Having said that, there will be a time, it could be tomorrow, but Alan, it ain't going to be today. Okay? Yeah. Jim. And that's all, you, that's all you can do. Jim, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you've done a, probably a better job of summing this, this up than I did. You know, again, I'm just an ordinary guy, but one of the messages is one is never too late.
to get started. Don't think for a second, boy, I'm 75. Eh, there's no point now. I might as well have that, you know, three dips of chocolate ice cream or something like that. Doesn't matter whether you're, the, the sooner you start, the better. That's, there's no question. Now, does Jim Owen wish he had started this program when he was your age? Absolutely. Okay, there's no question about that. But I didn't. I started at 70. You can start at 75. And it's not about getting fit. It's about getting more fit than you are. Now, I had took a long view, 10 years. Okay, I, I guess you could say I'm fit. I, I don't know what else I can do. But your DNA, your DNA does play a part in these underlying conditions. But I like to think that 75% of your health and wellness is lifestyle driven. Now we can argue all day long about this. Some of you, well, maybe it's, maybe it's more like 60%. I believe it's about 75% lifestyle. Now, what does lifestyle means? Exercising, eating clean, okay? Managing stress, which is critical, okay? Getting sufficient sleep. It's, it's that kind of stuff. But also, it's, and this is what the, this is what the exercise people don't talk about. All that's great, but that's physical health physical wellness. There's also that mental wellness and emotional wellness. And that's sort of what I'm into now. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend. And that to me today means more than saying, gosh, I just had a personal best with push-ups. Well, I may be no, I may, I suspect I'll, I'll be in no better shape in two or three years than I am right now. I don't know what I could do because you can, you, you can get injured when you're older. So if you do too much with your shoulders or whatever, maybe legs, whatever, you know, that can, you can have a problem. So I just, do I work out as hard as I did before? No. And the reason is we all have low energy days. That's another message I want to give to your audience. At my age, you have to recognize the recovery days are critical. So today I do not, I'll be working out this afternoon. Do I work out as hard? No, but I work out pretty hard for me. But do I work out as hard as I did five years ago? No. I don't think anybody does, but I, but I do cover the bases. I do push myself, but it's incremental. It's not major changes. I don't know how to do that. Can I get more lean? I could probably lose a pound or two. That's about it. Okay. Can I lift more weight? Mm, maybe, but do I want to take the risk of hurting my shoulder or my, not really. It's not, it's not what, so there's a, and the recovery days become much more important. So that the other message, Alan, take away from all that we've talked about is when you're, when you're older, you have to listen to your body, not to Jim Owen, listen to your body. And 
uh, I think that's the best guide that I can give you. Listen to your body, particularly when you're older, but you've got to have goals. You've got to have a plan on how you're going to get from here to here. And if you don't, you're just kind of kidding. You have to cover the bases and you do have to continually improve. And that's sort of the, the hard thing to understand about this. You have to, let's, let's take a push-up, okay? If all you do is plain push-ups after you can do about 25, I, th- I think you're better off take progressing. So I, I keep progressing. I do more difficult exercises than I did before. That's how I progress. So I do stuff that's I probably couldn't have done five years ago. So if I, but I don't, I don't do squats with barbells on my neck and stuff like that. Or let's just take push-ups. Okay. You get a diamond push-up, push-ups like this. So in every exercise, this is what makes exercise so fascinating. You think about push-up as a push-up. No, it's not. You can put your hands like this, like this. So you're, you're working, you're working your body different ways. The core is the critical part. You've got to have a strong core to do to do what I do. I guarantee you that. And that's why when you say, well, Jim, uh, every once in a while, I, I'll take part in a competition with my peers. I did one here and where I live. I live in La Jolla. Okay. And uh, I, I won against all other people, you know, my age. Okay. And why? Uh, well, I, I work out. That's why. And a lot, of, a lot of people could do one thing, but they, but they couldn't do the whole thing. This is a, a, a test, if you will. And so, but it's it's great fun. And I, I want to say one more thing on, on, on this, is that the one regret I have in life, this may surprise you. I, I want to get your take on this. Been anything to have been a great athlete. Anything. My brother, who's older than me by two years, was a star athlete and scholar, baseball, basketball, football, and track. The best athlete in a pretty damn good high school. We're from Kentucky and great high school. He was number one. I never scored a touchdown. I never hit the winning home run. I'd have given anything to have been that gifted athlete which I wasn't, I learned in football. What's interesting about this is I found my inner athlete and I have an athlete's attitude about what I do. And that's why it's fun for me. It's the exercise part is challenging and fun. And guess what? No surprise to you. A lot of terrific athletes in high school and college, when they get my age, they don't do anything. They get burned out. I can't tell you how many people I know who were good athletes. And so finding your inner athlete to me has made a tremendous difference in terms of confidence and attitude. And the attitude is what kind of keeps you going. Again, to repeat it, I look forward. I don't look back. So many people my age continually talk about the past. I can't tell you. I get so sick of this. Well, when I was in high school, when I was in prep school, how about looking forward? What are you doing now? What's your challenge now? 
So I'll and, and that's the big that's the big thing with me is you know yeah I, I was the athlete in high school I was a very you good were. athlete uh, and oh my goodness uh, I would and then, well then and then you know fell out of it in my thirties uh, but I was a, an excellent athlete I was in the U.S. infantry military uh, oh I was goodness. I was super super fit uh, all the way up into my thirties and then I let it go and it took me a long time to get it back but I can tell you all all the things I ever did all the wins all the shots all the everything that I did through all of that, none of those compare to the feeling I got running across the finish line with my daughter at a Tough Mudder and knowing, and knowing that I could keep up with her. She didn't have to wait on me. I was as good an athlete as I'd ever been. uh, And I was able to do that. And, and, and you talk about the looking forward. I've got another Tough Mudder scheduled in three months. So I'm going to be back up in the States. I'm going to be doing another Tough Mudder uh, because I can't because I want to, and I train for it. Uh, as you said, train, not exercise. I have a goal. I have a mission. I have a plan. Uh, all of those things I, that you I'm brought so up here. I'm so impressed beyond, you have no idea. My, my daughter, we have two children. They're both adopted at birth. We couldn't have kids and married 52 years. Our daughter's name is Allegra and she's 38 and she's an athlete and that's her, you know, and she does this tough mutter stuff. I've never done one. She says, Dad, when are you going to do a daughter, father, daughter thing? Yeah. And I said, well, well, get, do, one of the, do one of the smaller ones. The, the, they've got the, the tough mutters are now broken up. So they have the original one was like 13, 12, 13 miles. Uh, so it was pretty tough. Now that's the, what they call the 15K, which is, I guess, closer to nine and a half miles. But they have a 5K version. And so, you know, the obstacles are going to, are going to require upper body strength, grip strength, that type of thing. Uh, you're not really running a whole lot because the obstacles are probably no more than a mile away from each other anyway. So you're running, you know, pretty much you jog to the next obstacle and then you wait your turn to get on that obstacle. Uh, but they are a ton of fun. Uh, and, and based on looking at you right now, I don't see any, uh, get your, get your wrist completely, uh, fixed, but, uh, I don't see any reason why anybody that doesn't set their mind to do something like that couldn't do it. And if there's an obstacle you can't do, there's no shame in that. You give it a shot, you do your best, and then you you move on to the next obstacle. Um, it's a lot of fun. And yes, uh, if you're doing it with your daughter, uh, that's going to be a special day. I promise you. Well, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I cannot believe this. And I have never talked about this with anybody except my wife. But when I hear your story, you ready for this? I want to be in the senior Olympics okay. in, my, in my age category. Now, again, so I'm not competing against somebody who's 75. It's every five years. Yeah. And I, I would be in the 80 to 85s. And they just started creating those age groups because they figured, well, exactly. I've got these people in the 80s that are now having to compete with people in the 60s. And you know, and, they that's not right. and that wasn't right. So they, they, they've corrected that. And, and because they've got centurions doing it now, they have an over a hundred uh, category and I have no doubt. Yeah. I have no doubt within 10 years, they're going to have to start breaking that up because it's not fair for exactly. a 115 year old to run against a hundred year old. But um, so good. That's uh, congratulations on that. Now, uh, well, Jim, here, so- I, have to, I have to say, so, so here, this, you may, you might, you may not be aware of this, but I live in San Diego in La Jolla, San Diego, San Diego started this instead of, in addition to track and field, you can also, they also have, and now for the first time in the senior Olympics, they, they have an exercise thing. 
So I don't, I'm not going to run a hundred yards because of my knees. Okay. And I can't do a lot of stuff that you can do, but I have a feeling I can compete in the, in the 80 to 85 senior Olympics in the exercise part. And I can train for that. And I, I've never talked about it with anybody, but hearing your story, uh, I think it'd be a blast to do it. And it's well, not let's, about winning. let's stay in touch and talk about, about that. that. It's about doing your best. Yeah. It's not about say, say, I did my best. And guess what, pal? You beat me this year. <laughs> I'm coming Let's back next year. And that's, <laughs> there you go. that's part of the motivation stuff. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So Jim, if someone wanted to learn more about you, more about the book, just move, where would you like for me to send them? Well, I mean, just, just what I would do, frankly, is, 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 is go to Amazon. This book's going to cost you, I think $15 and change. <laughs> and so <laughs> two years of work, and this is like a cup of coffee for you know. I mean, it's, so it's not like Jim is getting rich off a book. I think the book is a is a it's I think it's really well done. If I may say this, okay, and it covers the gamut. And I can tell you, there's nothing in this that you don't know. So the book's not really not written for you. I'm not because I'm you, you know you're you're an, you're you're an athlete, okay. Uh, it's for the person who, in fact, is a cow's potato says, I'm not sure where to start or how to do this stuff. I believe in the basic core exercises that everybody needs to do. And you can make all this stuff complicated. And I want to leave you with this one idea. If you want to make what we talked about today complicated, be my guest. I don't think it has to be at all. I think it's pretty simple stuff. You got to mix it up. You got to keep progressing. You've got to do more than just walk, but you don't have to have a gym membership if you don't want to. You don't have to have a personal trainer if you don't want to, okay? But you have to move. And you say, I, I love to move. I do. I have a, we have a friend in Santa Barbara who's 92 years old who is a competitive ballroom dancer. I'm talking about competitive, like on the national stage. That's pretty dang. You can you can do kayaking. You can do bicycling. There's all all kinds of ways to move. If you say, Jim, I'm just not the gym rat type. Okay, I've given you told you what I do. It's worked for me. But if you want to if you want to do kayaking, bicycling, Pilates, it's all it's all good stuff as long as you are moving and not sitting. But I've, I've built the case here that the cardio endurance is not enough. You, you should do the other stuff, but I'm not here to pound the table and, and change somebody's life unless they want to. This book was written for somebody who essentially is skeptical like this. Tell me why I need to do this. Okay, here are the reasons. But I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's not my job to try to, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not selling protein powder. I have no axe to grind. It's not going to change my life if somebody says, I'm a couch potato and I'm not going to change. It's your call. Good luck. Because I can tell you, I can tell you what your life's going to be like when you get my age. You're going to have aches and pains, spend half your day in the damn doctor's office. If that's what you want, it's fine. I, me, I'd rather not do that. 
So that's kind of the, that's kind of the takeaway. But the book I think is a wonderful book for somebody who's a couch potato who says, I just don't, I just don't need to know more about this. I like, I, like, I want to know more, uh, but I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a life coach. No, just a, I'm just a guy who said, here's my story. If my story can inspire somebody, then that's my legacy. And that's why I do it. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for being a part of 40 plus fitness. Well, you, listen, I have to tell you, you inspired me and I not, it's not used to inspire me, but your story is, you have a terrific story. You're a terrific communicator. Okay. And I, uh, I I think you've got a terrific uh, life ahead of you is is all I can say. Thank you, Jim. Hey, Raz. Hey, Alan. You know, that was so fun listening to a successful story like his. At 85, he sounds like he's the fittest he's ever been. Or 82. He's 82. Yeah, he's 82 now. He started his journey when he was in his 70, when he was turned 70, um, because he just had that moment, you know, and, and mm-hmm. most of us that go through some form of transfer, transformation like this, uh, we come up to this moment and it's like, ah, oh, I have to do something. And what he was mm-hmm. is he just, he was 70 and he felt old oh. and he didn't like the energy level. He didn't like his anything mm-hmm. about it. And he, he determined that he was going to change that and committed to changing it. And Uh his overall vision was that by the time he turned 80, he wanted to feel younger than he Mm -hmm. did when he was 70. And he has, and he did, you know, but he, he did some important things. And I, I normally, I, I try to drive these conversations. Jim is a rambler. uh, And so he went on and on and on, (laughs) but there's, there's a lot of gold in there, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, don't poo poo uh, that, you know, like he did. I think it's worth our time to Mm -hmm. listen to people who've, done what you want to do. Listen to people Mm -hmm. who've struggled through this and learn everything you can from them. So I was more than happy to just sort of hand the mic over to Jim and say, okay, run, run with it. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. it's a good conversation. Uh, But one of my key takeaways here is that he didn't play around with this. This wasn't that he dabbled at getting more fit and it took Mm -hmm. him all these years. He went straight in and said, I'm hiring a trainer and I'm going to make this change. And uh, he got a good trainer and that trainer made him younger, uh, helped him exercise, get stronger, uh, add muscle. And, and so now he is effectively from a uh, biological age, probably younger than he was 12 years ago. My gosh, that's just incredible. And I love that he does all the things that we all should be doing besides cardio. He does strength work. He does balance, which is really important. Even I need to work on that as a runner. And then, um, and he does the stretching. The other thing I need to do more of as a runner, but it's awesome that he dedicates his time to doing all of these different modalities each week. Yeah. And so, you know, his, his schedule has him doing, uh, exercise for one hour, six days a week. So, but, and and that sounds like a lot. A lot of people say, oh my God, I can't, I couldn't give an hour and go to the gym every day. Um, You probably spend that much time watching Netflix uh, in a week, six hours. Mm -hmm. And if you really look at it, six hours is a fraction of the Mm -hmm. available time you have in a day. Um, So I know we all feel like we're busy, um, Mm -hmm. but if you don't make this a priority, Mm -hmm. it's never going to happen. Right. You, you, this is not something you phone in, you know, he had to, 
he had to go to the gym and and go through those workouts and he was working on the other modalities uh, mm-hmm. and getting better there too. Um, and that's one of the cool things about this is when you really dedicate yourself and you put the time in, mm-hmm. particularly at the beginning, we call it newbie gains, but you're mm-hmm. going you're going to see change really, really quickly. And that can oh, be yeah. very motivating, but you got to start. Right. I love how he also said that he would rather spend an hour working out than an hour in the doctor's office. <laughs> and I have to agree with that wholeheartedly. Yep. I would rather be exercising once a day or several times a week and, and just feel healthier and stronger for it. There's a lot of his lessons uh, that I've learned at a younger, much younger age, but Again, going back to his age of 82, I'm just flabbergasted that he has put so much time and dedication into his own routine and he's sharing it in his book. I just love to see people in this age bracket working out like they like he is. Yeah. Now, a lot of books, when I'm talking to the author or and I've read the book, it's mm-hmm. it's like the same style, the same thing. So I almost feel like as I've read the book, I've already had a previous conversation with this individual, uh, mm-hmm. but I will say this, uh, Jim's book is much better organized than this podcast episode was, um, mm-hmm. Jim, Jim knows his stuff and he put a lot of effort into writing the book. It's very well organized. There are workouts or stretches with, with pictures, all how to do this stuff. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, he does tell his story in there, which is, is very uplifting to know. Sure. There's always a chance, you know, but you mm-hmm. got to get started. And he, um, and then it's a very well organized book for you to have a, a full program to get yourself started. Uh, but I'd still encourage you to to look at getting a trainer. And I know that's an investment. The mm-hmm. time is an investment, and the actually doing the work is an investment, you know. But those investments pay off Absolutely. huge dividends, uh, particularly in our current era where we need to keep our bodies as healthy, as strong as they can to just deal with everyday crap. For sure. You know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because if if you're starting from a better base, Mm -hmm. you're better off in the end, regardless. It's going back to his story. He started off with back pain and knee pain and all these things. And now he feels, he doesn't feel that anymore. He's changed his uh, lifestyle so much that he's healthier and more fit now than he was at age 70. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good story. And, and there's a lot of gold nuggets in this episode, Mm -hmm. uh, even more in the book. So that's a a good one. Yep. I loved it. Great interview. All right. Well, Rachel, I will talk to you next week. All righty. Take care. Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we meet Katie Gerber and discuss her book, Adventure Ready, a hiker's guide to planning, training, and resiliency. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.